You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. Welcome to the greatest talk show on earth. Let's give it up for the greatest talk show on earth, the number one show in the whole world. Yes, better than Oprah, better than Dr. Phil, better than Jimmy Fallon, James Corden, even The View. I know you love The View. It's better than The View. All right, and let me welcome our first guest today. We already see her up here in Haley Vallejo. Also, yes. Let's call up Ashley Cooper. Yes. And let's call up, not you, no. Let's call up Pastor Josh. Pastor Eddie Youngblood, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? He's here somewhere. And last but not least, Jacob Susan Mayout. Welcome to the greatest talk show on earth. All right. Thank you for that great snazzy music. Uh, today, uh, we, we're going to have another episode of our talk of group talk, and this is an exciting time where we get to hear from our leaders today. So it's a very special edition. And first, I'd like to introduce, bring, uh, let's talk with Ashley first. Now, Ashley, tell us what you do, how you serve here at, at Southview, what you love about Southview, and a superpower. A superpower is something that people say, yes, she is amazing at this. All right, go ahead. All right. Hi, I am Ashley Cooper, and I am the creative director here at Southview. Uh, that just means that I'm the girl. Thank you, thank you. I'm the girl running around with a camera or the cell phone trying to get your pretty face. So, uh, <laughs> said that. So the thing I love most about Southview is just how much of a family everyone is here. Um, Ten years ago, I started coming, and from the moment I walked in the door, it felt like that, and it's still evident today. So, And then superpowers, I always say, I don't want a superpower because that's a lot of pressure. You have a superpower, you have to use it. Um, but something that people have told me um, that I will wear proudly is that I just really love to make people feel loved and welcome. So. Mm. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for making us feel loved. Give it up for Ashley. All right, Ashley, now the question of the hour is, what has God taught you in 2022? I'm right. sorry, what have you learned in 20... They, they, they left me empty-handed with no... <laughs> what have you learned in 2022? They go, they go hand in hand. Um, so, guys, I wrote everything out on my phone, so bear with me if I kind of look down to read, but I have, I have a lot to say. I'm going to try to get it all in under time here. Eight minutes. I know, I know. No pressure, right? Uh, so to kind of say what I've learned this year, I want to go back a little bit and talk about who I was before 2022. I've always, uh, walked with anxiety in the past. We're talking about the past, um, and some self doubt and, uh, just things that I struggled with in that realm. And, um, I had kind of begun to put on a facade, um, to where I was just trying to be different things for different people, um, just, you know, for one reason or another. So um, I was going through the motions in a lot of ways, and I always knew the Lord was speaking to me, um, just trying to, you know, get me to hand things over to him, but I never really could make it through the noise, I guess, and uh, kind of land where he wanted me. And uh, fast forward to 2018, and Brad and I realized that the Lord was calling us to have children, and I did not want children, <laughs> which is weird to say because I love my girls, um, but that was my reality. That's just where I was. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. 
Um, and I am someone who really likes control. <laughs> and children do not let you be in control very much. And uh, I enjoy structure, and I feel like I'm pretty good at being adaptable. Um, but I, had, I feel like I had gotten better at faking adaptability. Like, it looks like I'm adapting, but I'm really not. And then in 2020, I was actually pregnant with my first child, and I lost my father. And that um, kind of sent me on a road of grief. So I hope I don't cry, sorry. Um, and then we had my daughter, so it's like a roller coaster. And then in 2021, I lost my father-in-law. So both my father figures. And um, then it was, you know, kind of one right after the other of friends and family members passing. And I was in a tug of war with the Lord. He was um, laying on my heart to hand him things, and I didn't want to because I wanted to be in control. And uh, having my daughter changed me in a lot of ways. Um, and I knew I wanted to walk into motherhood with freedom, but, you know, still in control. So <laughs> how do you, can you be free and in control at the same time? We all, we are all the same. We're all the same. <laughs> um, so I lived like that for a while. And uh, grief is weird. It brings up a lot of things that you think are buried. And um, without fully giving things over to the Lord, those things can really take over. So... Fast forward to 2022, I was pregnant again, and I remember standing in my closet, and I could feel a panic attack coming on, and I just told the Lord, okay, you have to take control. I have no more, con I'm not in control, obviously, and I asked him to start showing me things that I needed to let go of and just give to him and... It was a lot of things, a lot of things he told me to let go of. But he started showing me this picture of him and I in like a horse and buggy. And he's holding on to the reins. And I'm next to him acting more like my two-year-old. <laughs> I got it, mama. I do it. <laughs> well, you just put both your legs in the same pajama pant leg. Like that doesn't work. So um, again, just back in that tug of war with the Lord and he's like, girl, let go, sit down, chill out, I got it. And so he's really been showing me through all of this that he is so much bigger and he's so gracious. And um, I learned that the thing about the Lord is he's never going to bring you to something that he's not already, not already prepared a way through. And um, so he, he was making a way for me through, through all of it to, to kind of work through these issues and things. But um, the journey is still there. We obviously still have to go through the journey. And um, I feel like a lot of times it's, it's, we're running. <laughs> He's called us running through the journey. Or we slow down, we're jogging. You know, um, I keep saying I feel like I'm in a nice brisk walk through a park right now with the Lord. So we're in a, we're in a fun place, um, which is good. Uh, so I'm just learning redemption, the Lord's redemption, and just uh, how he can redeem things when I learn to let go and just let him do his work. So I have a scripture that I want to read. Um, it's John 14, 4 through 5. He's, uh, it says, remain in me and I in you. Just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by, by itself unless it remains on the vine, 
Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. So the purpose for me and something I've had to learn is just viewing God as the creator of the universe. He's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow, parting the Red Sea, in the mess, in the redemption. He's the same, and he never changes. And a lot of times I feel like he's looking at us like, hey, I'm here. You want to log off Instagram? You've got all these questions. You have all these things you, you want to figure out. And you just spent two hours on that mom blog trying to figure out how to raise your kids. I already have the answers. I've already, I've already, you know, I have them. Just pay attention to me, remain in me, rest in me. And um, so that's what I'm trying to do, just rest, remain. Um, I see him in all of this uh, where he's just asking us to abide. All throughout scripture, he's asking us to abide. So in order to let go, I had to learn to stay, stick with him and stay close to the Father and um, stop trying to run the marathon every day of waking up with all the questions, trying to do it on my own, remembering, oh yeah, oh yeah, run to the Lord, ask him the questions. Oh, he had the answers. Cool, cool, cool. We're good. We're good. And then I go to bed and I wake up the next morning and I've forgotten that he was there and I do the whole thing all over again and I'm exhausted. I'm so tired from running that marathon in my mind and uh like I said, he was just there the whole time saying, hey, yo, I'm over here. Come over here. So, yeah, that's where I am. Just learning how to let go to hold on to the Lord. So. All right. Thank you, Ashley. I, I love that picture of, of Ashley as a two-year-old. Uh, by, at, that's at the no, stagecoach uh, with, with the Lord <laughs> taking the reins. And, and, like, we think we can really even do this on our own, right? We think we've, we're so... We're, we're two-year-olds <laughs> trying to run our lives. You know, I love that. Thank you, Ashley. All right, Haley. Hi. You know the drill now. Okay, yes. Um, so I am, well, you guys heard me, but I'm the children's director here at Southview, and I love what I do. Um, superpower is um, my husband likes, has told me that I have a lot of faith strong faith, um, but also faith in people, and I like to see the best in them. Um, and what I love Southview, um, I love that my daughter loves Southview. It's really fun to see her, um, just love being here. She's always in the best mood after church. Um, and so it's just cool, because this is like her family now. This is her home, so I love seeing that. Well, thank you for, for loving people and seeing the best in people, especially our kids. What a, what a gift. So the question of the hour, what have you learned in 2022? I haven't learned God's holy rest. And this is a truth that I have been processing and have been challenged by for a few years now um, when I heard a message about the Sabbath by an amazing pastor out of Oregon whose name is A.J. Swoboda. His message totally wrecked me and has sent me on this journey ever since. So join me on the journey as well um, as we go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis on day six of creation when God created humanity. 
He gave them purpose and he gave them instructions on the work they were supposed to do. And then we see on day seven, God rested and he made the day holy. So Adam and Eve's first full day of life was just a day of rest and just a day to be with God. After being created, they rested first before they worked. And we rest so we can work, not work so we can get to rest. God was being the example to us for the rest of time since the first week of the creation of the universe. That's how long the Sabbath and rest has been exhibited to us. In Exodus, when Moses receives the Ten Commandments, the fourth command is the Sabbath commandment. And this command recalls the rest that we see God exhibiting here in Genesis. And I want to read that command to you today. Um, It's Exodus 20, verse 8, and it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son, or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and all that was in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God's ten commands are for his people to live by, and I feel like I do a pretty decent job at keeping most of them Um, I don't take the Lord's name in vain. I'm pretty solid on that. Um, Do not steal. Good. I'm good there. Do not murder. Have that on lock. No murdering here. Um, Not not this week. Um, But the command I can call, I can say that I consistently have not kept is to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And isn't it interesting how that is the one command that starts with the word remember. Um, it's like God knew we were going to forget about it. And I can attest that I have <laughs> for a long time, but I'm not anymore. So, wow. God has commanded us a full day just to rest. We get to do nothing but relax and worship God and sit in his presence. That sounds really nice. <laughs> In theory, right? Um, Because it's so hard to stop. Because we have things to do. We have projects. We have emails to respond to. We have dishes to do. We have laundry to do. We have kids to take to sports games. We have so many things that need to be catched up on. We're doing overtime work so we can make more money because the economy is rough. So when are we supposed to stop? And our culture today has not helped us to stop because we can be connected to everything and everyone 24-7, and we have every type of entertainment and anything that we can do at our fingertips to keep us distracted and to keep us busy. And I used to be in a place where I felt like truly resting and worshiping God for a whole day seemed daunting and achieving, or unachievable. Because really, how are we supposed to stop for a whole day? But when God was pushing the boundaries um, of the rigid law that was set in place by the priests and religious leaders, 
Jesus said to them in Mark chapter 2, Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. And he says that he is the son of man, the Lord over the Sabbath. So God created Sabbath for us to enter in to rest with him. His grace abounds, and he just wants us to come to him as we are. So the point is not to have the perfect Sabbath, but the point is that it's important that it happens. God honors our humility and our surrender, and in that place of humility and surrender is where transformation takes place. When we Sabbath, we have to show discipline and we have to show restraint because it's so hard to not do and just be. I feel like I always need to be doing something, but God says, no, stop. Enter into my rest. Be with me. Worship me. And Jesus says in Matthew 11, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. And I don't know about you, but each day and each week comes with its own set of stresses and anxieties, and it's exhausting, and it drains us. But when we remember God's holy rest, we are surrendering all of that, everything, and we are putting our trust in God. We are making God the Lord over our lives and not us. We are trusting God with our finances. We are trusting God with our time. And we are trusting God with our lives. And I'll finish by sharing this short story about my daughter. If you have kids or have worked with kids, you know they love the snacks and the juice. We all do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you're not always wanting to give them a lot of snacks because you don't want them to fill up before lunch or dinner. Because then they won't eat their dinner. Um, so when my daughter asks for a snack and I go to fill up her snack cup, I want to only fill it up part of the way. Um, but she says, no, mommy, I want it full. I want it full all the way to the top. And so I fill it all the way to the top. And she just laughs and is so excited and just has pure joy over the fact that I've given her all the snacks that can fill in her cup. Because my daughter knows that it's better to have a full cup than to have an empty or even half full cup. And I want to be like that, running to my Heavenly Father on Sabbath day, worshiping him, surrendering all, saying, I want it full, God. I want it full, all the way to the top. And the amazing thing about Sabbath is that God gives us a little glimpse of heaven when we enter in that rest with him. Because heaven is the ultimate holy rest, right? Endless time to just stop, to worship, to be in his presence. And Sabbath just isn't about just the command, but it's who God is. It's part of his character. And he has shown that to us all the way from the beginning to the end. So as I have been learning this year, to remember God's holy rest, I want to encourage all of us as a Southview family together to remember God's holy rest. Yeah. All right, thank you, Haley. 
By the way, I didn't realize that Sabbath could be a verb. So now, I, when we Sabbath, it's 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 a, yeah, it's a new thing. But I, I I love one of the, you mentioned this. You mentioned that trust, right? And it ties into what Ashley said. I think ideally we all say, sure, I love to rest. I love to rest seven days a week, right? But we, we we why do we not? Why do we choose not to? Because we don't trust the Lord. We don't trust that if we take a break, that things are going to get done. Those chores are going to get done, or that homework is going to get done. Those emails will wait. You know, we we feel like we've got to take control of our of our day, and we don't trust the Lord even in in, in a rest. You know, so so anyway. All right, thank you. Uh, next up, we have Pastor Edwin Youngblood. Amen. Oh, what up? What up? What up? So What's tell up, us what you do here. Yes, yeah, so I am the uh, Connect and Care Pastor here at, at Southview Church, and uh, my superpower is I truly, genuinely care about you. Amen. Truly, I do. I, I ain't faking it. Like <laughs> when I'm asking you questions and inquiring and. You know, I, I really, I'm really interested. I'm not trying to be nosy. I just care about you. That's all. So, you are truly loved. Yeah. What do Indeed. you love about Southview? Uh, what I love about the amazing people. You know, I mean, Southview is nothing without it, without the people, the different personalities, the different the diversity, the different backgrounds, just uh, the love that everyone has. You know, we all have a part and we play a, a piece. You know, and it's valuable. So, uh, yeah, definitely. And the question of the hour, what have you learned in 2022? Yeah, I've learned a lot in 2022, um, but I will keep it brief and to one and a half topics, points here. <laughs> uh, I think the biggest thing for me is I've, I've learned that there is a wonderful joy um, in, in serving uh, beyond yourself. You know, I, I, I look at Jesus and I look at the triune God and I and I, and then I look at my my humanity, and I look at my myself, and I see that Jesus uh, didn't just step down <laughs> out of eternity. Like it was a, it was a quantum leap that he took. It was a it was a huge gallop uh, to invade and to become vulnerable for us. And I think in in our world, in our culture, we have this we have I mean these aspirations which are okay to uh, for for accomplishing things and uh, doing amazing feats and just you know climbing that ladder you know even in a spiritual sense sometimes we say like climb climbing a corporate ladder many times we can try to climb like this spiritual ladder in this in the natural um, but there's a joy in like not having an agenda but just doing things out of the obedience of God um, to see how Jesus stepped down and to see the humility of God. Not Sometimes we can even separate like God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, but it's they all have carry the same nature. This is one God. So and, and he steps down and he speaks to us. And over this year, it's uh, he's been showing me how vulnerable he's become in partnering with us like he allows us. Uh, a glance to or this opportunity to partner with them in the kingdom um, and that's something that I don't take lightly or we don't take lightly and uh, just for him to allow us to be able to be agents of change to be that ambassador to be that person that is a, recon a partner in reconciling the world back to him like that's that's massive um, so this reward and this joy or this and, and this downward mobility 
uh, that God is always kind of stepping down to help us and to be and, and being patient with us is beautiful. And it's something that I've been able to kind of tap into. And I see like there's a lightness that comes when we serve others, uh, when we do it without trying to gain something or trying to, but just simply doing it out of obedience. You know, um, my wife and I, we, we just tapped into part, uh, fostering uh, children. And I, I look at these kids and I'm like, Sean, I never, ever, 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 ever know who I, ever, ever <laughs> know me. But that's okay. Being, I mean, it's, it's really just about being obedient. Colossians 3.23 talks about allowing our work to be heartily done for God and not for man. And there is an inheritance that comes with that. You know, so I, I look at how Jesus in his birth and his ministry and his death and in his resurrection, we see the, the humility of God, like the, the humbleness of God to invade us and to, to, to partner with us. Sometimes we can just kind of take that for granted that the veil was split, that the like, like what had to take place for, for us to be in this community with God. And, and God is allowing me to see uh, how valuable, how special, how loved uh, I am by him and in places of loneliness and places of, of rejection and places of like, you know, what can man do to me if you have Jesus? If you have God on your side, like what can man do to you? And that personal relationship, uh, that it, it continues to grow. It's not a place where you're like, man, yeah, I'm saved and I'm and I'm I'm sanctified, but God is always in the process of, of growing us and allowing us to to see greater things. And with my life, I, I uh, without getting too too deep here, I I, <laughs> I I I see how God works in limitation and how God moves in flaws and he moves in not knowing everything, you know what I'm saying? Not, not having it all figured out, you know? Many times a narrative can be like, man, why, why you're, not, you're not healed yet. Why are you not healed? What's wrong with you? You ain't got enough faith, bro? What's going on? But then God just hit me. He was like, look what I am doing in spite of that. And for the longest, I, I used to live like, man, yeah, I, I'm identified by, by, by not having enough energy. I'm identified by not being fatigued or by being fatigued all the time or all of these things. And God, he, he just hit me. He was like, bro, that's the wrong narrative. That's a, that, that is a toxic narrative. The narrative is look what I am doing in spite of all of that. So I'm thankful and I just encourage you and I, 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 just, I just pray that for you. If you feel like you have a limitation or that you are inadequate or unqualified or just don't feel like you fit the bill, you do. He is so much stronger in our weakness. And he teaches us so many great things, even in our frailty, um, that we may never have figured out if we had it all figured out on our own. You know, so God is teaching me to see, to, to recognize that and to be a voice to the voiceless, be a voice uh, to those that 
seem powerless and to be able to invade those spaces uh, and bring hope and bring awareness and bring Jesus uh, to the less fortunate, to the oppressed, to the marginalized, to those that are have a contrite heart. Um, and there's a joy that comes with that. There's a, I want to do more in that. And it's not a work. It's a, oh, this is, this is just being Jesus. So the invasion of Jesus in my life has allowed me to be able to invade other places. The way that Jesus stepped down and and approached me and, and recognized me and stamped me and validated me is what I'm eager and excited to speak and to do to those that might not see that yet. So that's what God is teaching me and I'm learning in 2022. Thank you, Pastor Edwin. You know, as you were saying that, I was wondering how many of us out here, uh, myself included, we know that God has spoken. We, he has given us a calling. He has given us a dream. He has given us something to do. But we just see those limitations, right? We think, well, all right, until when this happens, then I'll be ready. Okay, when this happens, I'll be ready when that happens. But no, God is giving us that, and he wants us to push through. And he's partnering with us. It's not like we're alone in this, right? This, we are, he's partnering with us in all this. So thank you for sharing that. All right, next up, we have Jacob Susamea. Let's give it up for Jacob. All right, Jacob, tell us what you do, why you love Southview, and your superpower. One, just one of them, though. Okay. So, um, Tina, my wife Tina and I, we um, are the directors for our youth group, Salt. Any Salt? Those are some, that's some of our crew right there. Um, and then I also serve on our worship, or in our worship department over our worship team. Um, so, that's what I do here. I love this church, and I love this church because this church continues to show, and, and, and I saw this a lot this year, but this, this church continues to show itself to be a church that serves the body of Jesus. Um, in, in a lot of conversations that I have with other youth group leaders um, at, in other communities that follow Jesus, Southview comes up as a church that is all about unity among the body. And that's not normal. Um, that's not common. In, and, and I don't mean like um, same denomination. I mean, we reach across to different denominations and we, we invite other denominations to come on in and be part of a gathering or be part of a you know, event, just so that we can all together, as the body of Christ, lift up the name of Jesus. And that's something that's amazing to not only witness, but to be part of. So that is the thing that I love about Southview. Yeah. Awesome. Did you tell us your superpower? Um, no, I didn't. Uh, so if you want to call it a superpower, or if you, it, it's just a kind of a theme um, throughout my life. And and that's just uh, been serving, um, you know, with the, the family that I grew up in and in, in my culture. It's all about serving the community. It's all about serving your family, serving the village, uh, making sure that everyone around you has everything they need to be able to live life well. And if you can do anything to help in that journey, that's what we do. So. Well, thank you for serving us. 
All right, Jacob, what have you learned in 2022? Um, I learned that, and, and, and it's related to, to serving, like Pastor Edwin was saying, um, but what I continue to learn, and, and, and again this year, is really the attitude in serving matters. So, again, the reason I love our, our community, the reason I love our family, is we unite other communities and we serve other communities that follow Jesus. And that's great to see and that's great to be part of, but your attitude in serving matters. It really does. Now, I say in serving because there shouldn't be a choice in serving. So, example, we have our Southview community. We should all be serving somewhere. We all have to serve in this community. That's what Jesus did to those that were around him. That's what Jesus did to his disciples. He served. So if we are like Jesus, if we are mini Jesus or baby Jesuses, if we are Christ followers, then we need to do what Jesus did. What does that mean? We have to serve. We have to serve. There are a lot of different areas in this community that could use your service. So we have to serve. Part of, part of the community that I grew up in and part of what I learned is look for where you are needed. Look for where someone is needed and be that someone. We have to serve. That's who we are as followers of Jesus. We are servants. I mean, you might see me up here leading worship. I'm not a worship leader. I'm a servant. I'm serving our community. I'm not a youth leader. I'm serving our youth. So there's somewhere for everyone in this building to serve. I'm going to encourage you to serve. If you haven't heard anything I say, say today, I'm <laughs> encouraging you to serve. Okay, so, but why, but why am I learning that the attitude in serving matters? It's because when you hear someone tell you to serve, because we all have to serve, then okay, I'm going to serve but why are you serving? Well, it's because Jake said it to serve. It's because everybody's telling me to serve. So I'm going to serve because I'm supposed to serve. Yes, but you choose your attitude. Some people will say, well, I, I don't want to serve. My heart's not in it. Okay, I'm saying the attitude matters. Because if you take on the right attitude, then your heart will change but you have to choose your attitude. So why is this important? Because sometimes, at least for me in my experience, I'm serving and I'm serving and I'm serving and I'm becoming known for being the person who's serving and that's great and that's awesome. But then my reason for serving became something other than actually serving people. It became I'm serving so that you recognize me 
as someone who serves. I'm recognized as the person, that's the guy. Jake's the guy. Man, you want a servant? Jake's the guy. So that's off. And I'm thinking that I'm doing the Lord's work by serving, and there are certain things that I'm going through in my personal life that aren't changing, that I'm believing for, and that I'm crying out for, that need to change, and they're not changing. And I'm like, God, why? I'm serving. Like, what's going on? Why am I still in this trial? Why am I still in this season that I should be out of? And this is what the Lord showed me. Sometimes the depth and the length of the trial that you're experiencing is directly related to the attitude that you have when you're in the fray. So I'm asking God, why am I still in this like season? Why hasn't everything, anything changed? I'm serving, I'm serving. And he's saying, how long before you change your attitude? That's what I'm waiting for. So also God said to his people that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. The first thing he addressed was their attitude. Also, if you're, if you're wondering, okay, how, how, why, does, why, does, why does my attitude matter? Okay. So then in Philippians chapter 2, the author of Philippians, Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, your attitude. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who in being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even to the cross. Therefore, God, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name, that, every na- that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue would confess, and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Glory to God. Paul is saying that Jesus took the attitude of humility when he served. And because he had that attitude of humility when he, when he served, God raised him up. So here's why, I'm, here's why I'm saying this and sharing this with you today. Yes, we all have to serve. Yes. But what is it unto? There is something that we as a, as a body, there's something that we as a community are believing for, and that's for a bigger building, and, and, and we're, we're moving towards it. We're doing everything that needs to be done, and there are things that are that are being put on pause for, for reasons that are outside of what we can do. That doesn't, ser- that doesn't change our, 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 our posture of serving. But maybe what we need to do is ask God, what is it in our attitudes that need to change so that 
we then, if we can humble ourselves, that then you can lift us and take us to this next season that we know you have for us. There's no question about that. But what in our own attitudes needs to change as we serve? All right, thank you, Jacob. So one of the things that's interesting is that serving in humility is really an outpouring of the heart, right? The heart is deceitful and wicked above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And everything we're talking about, you know, are really matters of the heart, you know, trusting God, trusting that we can rest and, and, and seeing him as rest. And so it's, it's great to see that God is, God is doing a deep work in our hearts because that's where the real change comes. So thank you, Jacob. And last but not least, for sure, Pastor Josh, tell us what you do, why you love Southview and your superpower, and don't be humble. <laughs> Even but though I'm we just serving. said to be humble. I was just going to say, I'm serving. I got to no. yeah. I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the associate pastor here. Um, what do I love about Southview? Uh, wow. I mean, everything that has been been said, honestly. But truly, I think the, the one thing that I love the most about Southview is uh, that we are uh, on a back road behind five other churches with drop ceilings and not enough room. I think that's probably my... I'm just kidding. Pastor Mark, that was for you when you watched this. <laughs> no, I love this place. I truly do. Um, and I think that that what I love about Southview goes into what I would consider my super superpower, if, if you want to call it that. And that's that uh, I have the ability to live a life of a person that's 100% sold out to Jesus. Just completely, you know, I mean, it's just, that's, that's it. I mean, it's that simple. Um, you know, this year, God has really been working on me with some things and, and it started when we were in Mexico, uh, in, in May and, and, you know, I thought, well, how, how can what I, a conversation that I had, how can I know that that's from the Lord? Because six months later, he's still working on me and it's, I'm still getting revelation from this, this conversation. We were on our way back from seeing another pastor uh, and, and I got in a conversation about, uh, about the fall in Genesis, not the season, but the actual, the fall of humanity. And, and in Genesis 3, it says, it, when, when it talks about uh, the serpent deceiving and confusing Eve, it says in, in verse 6, it says, she took of its fruit and ate, and she, gave, she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And the Lord revealed to me in that moment, in that, that small little passage, there were three things that Adam, three choices that Adam made. And those three choices really echoed through us and, and happen now. And that's why what God is teaching me through 2022 is that my choices matter. In, in that, that little portion right there, the first choice that Adam made was he wasn't leading his wife well. He wasn't biblically leading his wife. It says right there that, that she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. He wasn't being the head of his household in that moment. Second choice was Adam knew that he wasn't supposed to eat, but yet he willingly deceived God and ate in that moment. The third thing that, that he did was he chose relationship over eat with Eve over his relationship with God. At that moment, with those three choices, free will entered the game. And that's something that we today, that I today, struggle with every single day. Choices that come my way that I struggle with every single day. We know that, that Adam could have said, no, I'm not, I'm not eating that. I'm not going to do that. But we don't know what would have happened. I mean, maybe God would have taken Eve out of the picture. Maybe he would have kicked her out of the garden. Who knows? The fact is that Adam did eat. And in that moment, 
Adam told God, she is more important to me than you are. I choose relationship with her. I choose to live a life full of death with her rather than walk in eternity with you. And so I thought about that. I was like, God, why are you, why are you, are you telling me this? And he said, because you do that every single day. You put something in front of me every single day. You make choices every single day that put me behind, that put me in second place. I said, no, that can't be right, God. I love the church. I love to serve. I love to do all these things. And he said, okay, well, let's, let me just take you back a little bit. Before you, came, before you became a pastor, what was the one thing that you said you'd do? I said, I'd give you everything. I said, I'd, I'd, I'd follow you. I'd give you my family. You want my family? You got them. And he said, but what was the one thing you wouldn't give me? And I said, my finances. Because that was something that, that in my mind, I could control better than God. You know, I, I said, God, I'll give you everything. I'll step out in faith on whatever you want. But when it comes to my bills, when it comes to my family being out on the street, man, I got a hard time with that. And I can manage this Excel spreadsheet a whole lot better than you. And he says, you know, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Malachi 3 says, test me. And see if I'll open the, open the windows of heaven and pour down blessings on you. And it wasn't until I made that choice that he said that, that I saw it. And I was like, okay, God, you know, that, that's great. You know, I, I did that. You know, here I am. I, I, I see it. I'm, I'm living in. He's like, but you're missing it. That's just an example of what you did. You do these things every single day. You put your job above me. You put, you put the message that you're, that you're trying to, to, to bring to the church above me. You're not listening to me. You're making choices and they're going above me. And he said, he, he told me, you have to walk out what you're saying that you are. And if you're going to make choices, if you want to, you want to, you're struggling with free will every day and you want to know how to combat that, you follow the model that I gave you. And the model that he gave us was Jesus, right? So if we look, he, he took me to, to, to the garden. And, and so we have to agree on one thing. Jesus was hundred percent God. Yes. Jesus was hundred percent man. He was tempted. The Bible tells us he was tempted in every single way, every way that we were tempted, that we were tempted. Jesus was tempted. So in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he went to the cross, Jesus was praying, and in Matthew, uh, Matthew 26, he says this prayer, and he said this, and it blew my mind. He said, if this cup can pass from me. Right there, that tells me that Jesus had a choice. As 100% man, Jesus had a choice. He could have said, that's it, end game, we're done. Call down legions of angels and end this whole thing. Could have been done. But he follows it up. The very next thing he says, not as I will, but your will. Jesus took his free will that God gave, that he had because of the choice that Adam made, and he laid it down and said, I don't want this choice. I want your sovereignty. I will lay down my free will for the sovereignty of God, for the sovereign will of God. Because he knew that that's what he had to do. So if I'm making choices in my life, if I'm, if I'm walking, if I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I, my, my, my son has a wrestling match on Sunday and I'm going to go to his wrestling match. What am I putting in front of God? Oh, my family, we've had a really busy week. And you know what? We're just going to catch Southview online. We're just going to catch the service online. It's fine. What am I putting above God? My comfort, my feelings, my wants, my desires come in front of God. God calls us to walk. He calls us to, to communicate. He calls us to gather. But if I put something in front of him, I'm saying, God, you're second rate because this is more important. God's really wrecked me with this. 
And it's been really hard. And I'm like, man, I, I wish I could just, you know, he could just be like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to tie your shoe. But no, he like punches me in the face with this stuff. I'm like, you know, so I, wow. I, I sit there and I think to myself, my choices matter. What do you want from me, God? And this is what he told me. And this is, this is, this is how I'll kind of wrap up my, my little portion. God said this. He said, you have two people that you can be like. You can be like Adam in the garden or you can be like Jesus in the garden. Where do you want to be? Do you want to choose life full of death? Everything else that you, that you want, you desire, that you feel is right, that you think I can't control, do you want to choose that over me? Or do you want to lay down your free will and come under my will? So in 2022, man, and, and, and through the rest of this year, as we, as we travel through the next couple weeks, I'm really working hard, and this is my encouragement to you, is to take that question and ask yourself, am I more like Adam in the garden, or am I Jesus in the garden? And I'm just going to suggest to you, if you find yourself being more like Adam, find a way to be more like Jesus. That's what I'm doing. That's where I am. All right. Thank you, Pastor Josh. You know, it's, uh, on the one hand, it could be discouraging, but it's actually very encouraging to see that, okay, here's somebody, here's, here's our pastor who's walk, who is walking with the Lord, has walked with him for years. Yet God is still dealing with stuff in you, you know? It's like, man, okay, so he doesn't really have it all together, right? He, there's things that are, we're all, we're all a work in progress, and none of us are going to be, have arrived, right? Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, Gabriel, you know, every one of us that sat up here, it, this is, these are my favorite sermons, because every one of us that sat up here, we're real people. Yeah. Pastor Mark's a real person. You know, we all have these struggles. You, you hit the nail on the head. We deal with this stuff, yeah. and it's hard. And it's hard, and, and and it's visible. And so, being up here and, and filleting yourself and be like, "This is what we this is what we wrestle with," it's yeah. not comfortable. One more round of applause for our guest today, and thank you for being part of the greatest talk show on earth. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the sun sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.